Folks, the Jets might not exactly have the most exciting offseason over the last few weeks, but you know what? Things are ramping up. The season is upon us. And guess what? Hellebuck might be having a change of heart. We'll dive into all of what this means for the Jets and how they should approach the situation on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NHL or enter promo code LOCKDOWNNHL for a free water bottle with every order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. Now, like I said on tonight's episode, some interesting developments coming out of the Jets camp as Winnipeg is uh, currently trying to figure out what to do with this upcoming season, right? Obviously, the forward arrangements are being planned out. We've got plenty of new arrivals, more players, more depth, and what should be a fairly fun season. But a lot of our excitement, I think, has been tempered by the fact that the Jets are running it back, and also that the Jets still don't seem to know what to do with Hellebuck and Shifley. Recently, though, as recently as yesterday, some uh, media was speculating that Hellebuck might be a little bit more open-minded about his return to the Jets. And that, I think, is interesting for a couple of reasons. The first is that I think Helly might be getting a sense that when looking at contract extensions uh, as a free agent, seeing all of the teams that are not really interested in even trading for him right now, especially with what the Jets are asking for him, and also that, you know, maybe the guys that he thought he was going to get bigger contracts than are actually kind of capping his own earnings potential elsewhere he might be realizing that perhaps the Jets might be the best play here, you know, staying there, extending long-term, and just kind of being with the team that you've been with for years. You've got a good setup. They, you know, tend to uh, play a style that I think favors how he likes to make saves. And I think in general, you know, they've got a good relationship. They've got a good thing going. And so sometimes the safest thing is not to rock the boat. And I think with Helly, that could be a legitimate situation. Uh, But, you know, I I think it's also a a product of the market, maybe, right? Uh, Helly might be realizing that, you know, Shesterkin and a number of other goalies kind of got good contracts, but maybe not as much as he was expecting. Now, obviously, as a free agent, Helly uh, does have a unique status compared to a lot of the a lot of these other younger goalies who are still RFAs and whose rights are still controlled. So it's not a one to one, right? Don't don't get me wrong there. But all of those guys are younger. Uh, a lot of them are are just about to enter their primes, and Helly's kind of on the other end of it. And I think when Helly has looked at, you know, the Carey Price situation and how teams don't seem to be as interested in signing, you know, veteran goaltenders to huge contracts, it, it's a bit of a dicey road. And I know that Hellebuck is different than a lot of those other guys, you know. Bobrovsky had a really lengthy injury history before he signed his deal. Um Price obviously had some, you know, stuff under the surface when it came to his performance performance metrics that said, well, 
maybe he's not nearly as elite as people have imagined him to be. Uh, Vasilevsky, obviously still very good. Uh, I think he's a pretty good comparable. But in general, you don't really see teams handing out massive extensions like that anymore. It just it doesn't seem to be happening as much. Shesterkin, I, I feel like, you know, got a pretty good payday, but not what I think Hellebuck was maybe expecting. So I think for all of these reasons, there might be more of a, a match between Helly and the Jets than, you know, I, I, I think people originally were expecting. And I know that Hellebuck originally said he wasn't really interested, or at least through his agents, indicated he wasn't interested in resigning. But I feel like of the two players between him and Shifley, I always felt that he was the more likely to be open to it. Not saying that it was a bonafide guaranteed thing. I just felt, you know, given the bridges that were burned between Mark and the Jets and the fact that I didn't feel Helly was kind of in that same boat, I thought that there would be more of a, a chance for him to return. Now, obviously, the Jets have a big decision there because they've got Brassois, they've got Delia, um, and they have Divacentis and Milic in the pipeline. So how long would you feel comfortable committing to Hellebuck for? I think that is a bigger question. And this is not to say that Brassois-Delia is the duo that you want to run in net. It's not. I'm going to be honest. You want to have Brassois as your backup and Hellebuck as the starter. Delia, you don't really want in net unless... Your goal is is more on the uh, the rebuild, rebuilding and retooling side, right? Which I think the Jets have pretty clearly communicated they're not interested in. So that being the case, you gotta have to you're gonna have to try and figure out a way to convince Helly to stay. And I think that is more likely than I expected. I I did think it was a possibility, but you know, compared to him and Shifley, like I said, I felt he was the more likely. But we're really talking about uh, <laughs> situations where the probability of him resigning was still low, even with that caveat. So yeah, interesting, right? I, I, I think for me as a fan, I really love Hellebuck and I kind of want him back, but I think as an, you know, asset management piece and as a player who can really shape Winnipeg's future, you know, just by being who he is and how good he is, it's it's a tough question, and I kind of want to explore how the Jets should approach this in just a little bit, because I don't think that there's a one-size-fits-all answer, and I don't think that it's a very easy question. For me, I really could see arguments for both sides, and I think both would be correct, so to speak. So we'll dive into which option the Jets might be better served choosing in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Bird Dogs. Bird darks are the ultimate khaki shorts that help you uh, look slimmer. They fit you nicely, and they're suitable for so many occasions. You know, a lot of you probably enjoy golfing. Maybe you're looking for a night out on the town with friends. Maybe you even want to hit up your, you know, your your partner and or, you know spouse or something for a date day or date night. Bird dogs are good for all of those occasions, and they're made with an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. So you know, for you fellas that might be out on the town but you know that you do perspire a little bit and it tends to run down in some places you don't want it to. Bird Dogs has your back. This is a pants that's going to make you feel good, look good, and hopefully smell good. I think we all know that we don't want that stuff in you know certain places to get too hot and sweaty. So Bird Dogs, they've got your back. They want you to uh, look and feel as good as these pants are. And they come in plenty of different styles. They are stretchable, breathable, and comfortable. And you know I've had a number of friends who have broke, you know, picked up bird dogs before and despite some of the crazy pants names that they've got they actually swear that they're super comfortable and great to wear so if you're ready to get yourself started with bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl and enter promo code locked on nhl at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order 
That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for, for rejoining us in today's episode as we dive into Winnipeg's offseason and uh, talk about the Hellebuck question, right? It's something that we've briefly commented on before. Obviously, Hellebuck, it's a complicated situation because he influences a lot of what happens with Winnipeg's overall team performance. Uh, I, I don't know that there's really another player who has had as much of a change in Winnipeg's performance um, as as Hellebuck has. And I, I say that, you know, knowing full well that we've had amazing players like Ehlers, Shifley, Morrissey, yada, 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 list goes on. At the, at the end of the day, the guy who has really propelled the Jets to the playoffs, who has altered their destiny and has kind of changed their course, it's Hellebuck. He's, he's at a level to where, you know, he legitimately affects Winnipeg's season in a pretty significant way. And you could say that about plenty of goalies, but he almost always helps the Jets be better, uh, which is kind of a funny thing to say, right? And I think in a lot of respects, that is kind of a double-edged sword because it keeps the Jets at a certain level where they're almost never within a lottery pick range, right? The Jets, I think, you know, the past couple of years, they've they've been close to the bottom of the division, but even then, compared to a lot of the worst bottom feeders, they're never close to, like, the Hawks or the Yotes, teams like that that are really, really struggling. So keeping him, it's a tough question. Winnipeg has very much said over the past couple of uh, months that they're really focused on contending. They want that playoff revenue. They want to be a team that's taken seriously for the postseason. And the only way that you can do that is with Hellebuck and Toe. So, you know, trading him, you're going to downgrade, you know, in net no matter what. If you lose him, that's just a reality. There's no one that the Jets are going to get in net this season that's going to be on Hellebuck's level. Unless somebody trades them, Jake Ottinger or any of these other elite young goalies, which <laughs> never happening, um, you're just not going to find anyone who does what Hellebuck does at the level that he does in either free agency, on the trade market, etc. Maybe they draft a prospect down the road who somehow becomes, you know, even somewhat close to Hellebuck, but I can guarantee you it's it's probably not happening. Uh, Helly is a Vesna winner, maybe one of the goal, you know, the, the best goalies of this generation, a guy who, you know, if his career takes the right turns, could end up in the Hall of Fame. He's certainly pacing that way to be one of the greatest goalies of all time, you know, consistently a top performer. And so you look at that and you think, how could you ever walk away from that? But if you're the Jets and you're looking at his age, you're looking at the age of this shaping core, and you're asking yourself, what do you need? You realize that you need a generational prospect up front like a McDavid or something. Now, obviously the Jets are not getting McDavid like a McDavid level player. Uh, most likely, you know, they uh, draft an elite franchise level prospect who's still amazing, even if not, you know, greatest of all time. The Jets need like two of those. And I think it's a really tough question because you've got a team that wants to contend while also needing to flesh out the prospect pool. And these things are usually pretty divergent directions. So for me, I, I find myself very torn on this. I think overall, I would prefer if the Jets extended Hellebuck and not because I think it's best for the team. Just as a fan and having watched this team for many years, seeing what bad goaltending looks like and, and knowing that the Jets can be kind of stubborn and that, quite frankly, no matter what I think they're going to do, whatever it is that they do, um, 
I'm going to try and choose the path of, you know, least resistance that makes this team as watchable for me as humanly possible. And that's kind of where Heli is, uh, you know, a bit of a miracle worker. The guy has made this team a playoff contender in so many seasons where they might have honestly fallen out of contention were it not for him being an absolute workhorse through the regular season. So I, you know, I, I know that I've always been one who really favors asset management, you know, proper roster management, all of that stuff. And I think in some ways the Hellebuck signing goes against that. I think it's very obvious that the Jets long-term kind of need to rethink their whole strategy and start over. But for the, you know, the meantime, the Jets have very much said that they're not going to do that. They're going to be committed to winning. They're trying to make the playoffs. And again, you can disagree with that direction. You can hate it, but it's going to happen one way or another. And the only way that things are going to change is if the Jets find themselves out of a playoff spot before the trade deadline. Then, you know, it might become open season on the roster. But Hellebuck is too good for that to really be a consideration. And I think this team itself is actually going to be good enough to where I think they're going to be near the top of the division by the trade deadline. This team has some serious firepower. The defense isn't great. It, it's got some serious problems, make no mistake. But the forward grouping is so strong and so deep, uh, relatively speaking, that I, I I could see this team being a real menace in you know the, the postseason run. Uh, but all of that, of course, also hinges on Shifley staying, which is its own separate question, its own separate problem, and something that I think Winnipeg is probably not overly eager to answer yet. Uh, I'm sure that they're nervous about it, but I think they're also kind of afraid of what happens if he leaves and, and you know, the void who even fills it, right? There's just no one on this team that's probably at Shifley's level other than like an Ehlers or, you know, if everything pans right, a Velarde. So yeah, tough question, man. I'd be curious to know what you think. Do you guys want uh, Hellebuck to stick around? Are you hoping the Jets extend him? Or do you think kind of what, I'm, what I've been saying about the whole rebuild thing, if you think that should take precedence? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. In just a little bit, there's just one more topic that I wanted to get to this evening. I just wanted to talk about future captains. I've seen some interesting speculation from folks on Twitter about who it should be and a surprising argument against one of the top candidates that, you know, I thought was interesting to consider. We'll talk about all of that in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us in these closing thoughts on tonight's episode as we talk about Winnipeg's offseason and one of the biggest questions that's not really performance-based, but is certainly uh, roster-based, is who the next captain is going to be. Are we even going to have a captain this season? As far as I know, I, I think, you know, the Jets are probably leaning towards there being a C for this team. I think one year without one is probably good enough. And you know what? Based on the exit interviews last year, I feel like the team and the room is on pretty good terms with one another, which is good. You always want to have a healthy working place, uh, folks kind of on the same page, in a good mood, all of that stuff, yada, yada, yada. But the question is, who should be the next captain? And I saw an interesting uh, thing from someone on Twitter saying maybe Adam Lowry wasn't the best choice, which is interesting, right? Because Lowry's been, um, you know, a real stand-up player for this team. He's very public-facing with a lot of their community initiatives, a guy who I, I think would honestly be a pretty decent captain. I, I think he's, you know, very straight shooting. Um, you know, his interviews always come across well. He seemingly has, you know, a real good hand on his shoulders, but it's interesting that somebody said it shouldn't be him. 
I guess the other candidates, right? You're, you're looking at maybe a Josh Morrissey. Uh, one guy that I've mentioned before that I thought would be a really fun captain is Dylan DeMello. Uh, DeMello for me is one of those players who always seems to, um, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if it's accountability or if there's just an honesty in his game that I feel is very refreshing. I always get the sense that he's trying to improve things constantly. He, you know, has a relentless work ethic. And in terms of, you know, guys on the team that it seems like players really respect, DeMello is one of them. Uh, I think that he's a voice that people would listen to. He's a veteran presence. He, you know, maybe hasn't been with the Jets as long as some of the other guys, but I think he would actually be pretty darn solid captain material. The guy that I still naturally gravitate to, to you know, the most, though, the player that I think really needs to wear the C is Morrissey. I, I feel like it's been his to lose for the past year or two. Uh, you know, his interviews are always very, you know, well-spoken. I feel like he's honest. Uh, you can tell when he's not happy with the performance of the team and of himself. Uh, he seems to be pretty accountable about things. And he's a very, very respected person on the team. And so, you know, as a guy who's kind of an interesting bridge between sort of the veteran group and the younger players, I feel like Morrissey really could be an ideal pick. You're not always supposed to make one of your best players the captain, but I think in his case, he'd actually handle that responsibility beautifully. Um, as a guy who's gone through some really difficult personal things over the last few years, I think Morrissey has weathered the storm. He's come out of the other side, you know, stronger as a person. And, you know, it, it really feels like he's started to assume the mantle of leadership um, in, in a more prominent role. And of course, we're not in the room ourselves. We can't always say how things are going, but just the way that others talk about Morrissey, how he seems to carry himself and conduct himself, I just feel like he's a perfect pick. Uh, I know that there are some suggestions of maybe even Shifley being considered. I know that that's just never happening. I think Shifley has kind of burned enough bridges with the organization to where, yeah, a captaincy, probably not happening unless they're trying to convince him to stay and resign, which I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so for me, it's like it's either Lowry or or Morsi at this point. Uh, in terms of other candidates, I mean, there's just not really other players that I feel exude the sort of personality um, and and temperament and, you know, who I would say could really handle that responsibility. And it's not like the captaincy is the most important thing ever, right? It is important for a team and it's important for a locker room's leadership. But, you know, you want a guy who doesn't let it become a distraction. You don't want it to weigh on them. And I think in, in a lot of ways, that's why Morrissey, I think, would really be capable of handling it. I think he's done really well with the pressure over the past couple of years. I think he has, you know, really matured and grown as a person and as a player. And like I said, I think he's got that natural youthfulness to his game, but also has been around the league long enough to be considered a longtime veteran. So he's like the perfect bridge. I really couldn't imagine a better choice. And you know what? Let me know your thoughts about him as a future captain. Is there anyone else that you would recommend? Drop your thoughts about Winnipeg's future captain in the comments below and at my social medias, NHL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much, of course, for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We hope you'll rejoin us for our episodes next week as we continue our off-season coverage. So stay tuned. Be sure to subscribe. And as always, go Jets, go.